big warm welcome to you. This is the Aware Parenting Podcast with Lael Stone and Marion Rose, PhD. We have juicy conversations about things that matter in parenting and life. We're exploring all that Aware Parenting has to offer from many different angles, and we are so glad that you're here. Hello and a big warm welcome to you. My name is Marion Rose. And I'm Lael Stone. And today we are talking all about anger and outrage and aggression and all of those kinds of lovely, happy, jolly things. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we have to laugh with that, don't we? Because I think right from the bat, we associate all those feelings as bad and negative and something we need to stop and something that's not acceptable but i think as we have talked a lot about in this podcast you know emotions feelings are are all there to show us something to tell us something to guide us and um, they've all got some wisdom in them don't they it's just finding our way through sometimes mm-hmm. So, so yummy. So I'm going to start off with um, saying for me, I really like differentiating um, anger. And I actually don't even use the word anger because I have a, a bit of a nonviolent communication background where they really differentiate um, more what I would call outrage or frustration, which is this really clear body energy that can be expressed in a really clear kind of clean way and it's it's kind of that it's like really um instinctual almost kind of animal like you know gorgeous energy and how uh different that is from uh if we're an adult when we're into a state of blaming someone or judging someone and we're more you know we're really kind of really directing something in a kind of really blamey judgy way around someone else and how different that can feel. And you might even notice that as you connect with that in your body, the difference between those two states. And what I love about aware parenting is how clearly Aletha Salter differentiates those in children. So for example, a child having a tantrum, which is often that really healthy, natural expression of that outrage and that frustration, that accumulated powerlessness that is showing up and bubbling out in the gorgeous natural uh, life energy that's being released and expressed um, so they can return to calm and your beautiful word balance, Lel. And how different that is from hitting or biting or pushing or taking or throwing, which would be more, I would call, aggression. And how important it is to differentiate those two. So when we're talking about supporting ourselves and our children to express this, this life energy in really um, healthy ways, it's, it's being really clear that we can say no to aggression in, with loving limits. We've talked about before, we have a whole podcast on that. We can say no to those kinds of blamey, aggressive ways and actually support the really healthy expression in ways that have quite a different outcome. So we will be talking more about that. And I really like to differentiate that. Um, mm. Those two. That's so good. I love that. And as you're talking and I'm thinking about, Yes, absolutely. How many times I've seen that with my own children or working with clients, but what that feels like for us as parents as well. And we're definitely going to delve into a bit deeper around how it feels as a parent. Um, You know, I think what prompted some of this topic is I've had quite a few clients who have said to me, you know, I'm a really calm 
person and not much upsets me and then I had a child and now I am like so mad and outraged and wanting to throw things at my kid's head and just feeling those feelings of incredible anger and frustration and stuff I've never felt before and they're, they're going what's wrong with me and you know often as we explore a little bit deeper it is sometimes we're being put in situations where our children are not doing what we want we're feeling powerless things aren't going the way we want them to and often all those feelings that have been locked down within us uh, come out and there is a forum for them to come out in in ways that don't feel good at all and often people you know many mums and I relate to this myself I think Marion you said you're exactly the same too you know I never thought myself as an angry person I wouldn't I'm very calm and I think the message I learnt when I was young is that you know there's no space for you to be angry Lael and whatever you feel you need to just kind of get that shut that down and be good to keep the peace that was definitely my imprint and so anger was always very scary for me if anybody ever got angry I would start to go back into feeling like a little girl I would start to get really like oh god oh god I've got to make it okay or this doesn't feel all right and as I had children and I discovered my inner rage I really what I uncovered was that it was never ever safe for me to really express how I felt about things and exactly that that differentiation of what you're talking about Mary in the beginning of um, you know not being able to say this doesn't feel fair for me or I don't like how my brother's treating me or I don't want that to happen you know I as a little girl I just sucked that up and I just played along and was good in order to um, survive which so many of us learn to do and therefore that that natural release mechanism you know wasn't accessed and it wasn't safe for me to feel it and I had to learn as a parent as only when I really became a parent um, how to work with that and know that it was safe to express those big feelings and find ways that were healthy to let those big feelings out instead of it coming out in that complete rage and aggression at my children when they weren't doing what I wanted them to do. So we're going to dive a little bit deeper into that as well. But I just really wanted to start with that to say, you know, for parents that are listening, please know that feelings that we have around anger and frustration are just so normal because of, you know, what often can be sitting deep inside us and what our beautiful children mirror back to us and what comes up. So there's so many mums I've spoken with who, you know, have said, I've never really yelled at anything in my life. And now all of a sudden my three-year-old cops all my wrath because they won't put the shoes on because they won't get in the car or they don't like what I've given them for dinner or all that stuff. And, you know, it is a big, beautiful, I think, energy to learn to work with. Mm, yes. So beautiful. And I think, you know, me, I like to go bigger picture and look at our culture. If we look at our culture, there is, uh, you know, often for, again, I'm going to be very gender stereotyped, but often in, in Western culture, there has been this sense that, um, girls get shamed for, for being, for feeling frustration and outrage. And that often gets really repressed. And then the, the kind of acceptable form for boys is more in aggression, not actually healthy expression of rage. So I think in our culture, um, you know, I like to think of it, I don't like to think of it, but I call it the domination culture is that we really have um, had thousands of years of this uh, power over experience that gets passed down from generation to generation and and 
um, so much of the feelings around frustration and powerlessness and outrage really also come from that, those cultural experiences of not having choice, not having autonomy, not having our nose heard, not, um, you know, just not having these feelings honored and respected and what a difference it makes. And again, that's something we're going to be talking about from an aware parenting perspective when we get to not only support our child's sense of autonomy and choice, which is all about their, their will, their will needs, but we also really see the beautiful natural normalness of the expression of their frustration or that's, as you said, and not, that's not fair. Or if they have been overpowered that they get to say no, or I really didn't like that or and that gets to come out in really healthy ways. They are not then carrying that around. And because what happens is when that gets repressed, it, it's either going to bubble out, it's going to bubble out somewhere or other, and it often does bubble out later on in aggression. So mm. the more we can really welcome this as being a really natural, normal human energy to have, that, <laughs> that we are human animals and it's really normal and natural to feel frustrated and outraged and helpless and powerless and to, that to want to come out in that, rah, that, that we welcome it and it's part of our life energy and and the more we can welcome that in our children that actually the the beautiful thing is the rest of the time and i'm sure you, you experienced this with your children now and i certainly did with mine is that that meant the rest of the time they were so happy and mostly cooperative and like friendly and gentle and all that stuff because they got that opportunity to express it in really really healthy gorgeous ways so that's what we're really advocating here is to to kind of do this cultural shift this paradigm shift to see this is normal and um, natural and healthy and as we support our children to express that in healthy ways we often get invited to reclaim that in ourselves and I know for me like you were saying it was an energy that I was it would often just bubble out when I was just so overwhelmed with it and I'd I remember as a child like bashing I don't know, a tennis racket one time, I remember bashing it would, you know, that would be the only way it would come out when it was just so, there was so much in there. And, and now I really welcome that energy, that, that outrage and that frustration. It's because it, it's gorgeous. It's part of that life energy. And I, I feel really comfortable with it now. So, you know, we really mm. can go on that journey to really embrace these feelings in ourselves and our children and, and humans in general. I love, I love that. I love that you're saying too, there is power in it. And because sometimes we need to get angry, we need to feel enraged about things to make changes. Yeah. I mean, I felt really enraged last week about something that happened at my daughter's school. And, the, and I was like, I'm going to write an email about this. And the rage really fired up something in me to say, yes. this actually, this is not okay. And this needs to make a change. And yes. I, I had to sit with that anger. I had to ring someone and go, I'm really, really mad and riled about this. Can you listen to me? And I had a really good chat. I swore a lot. Always makes me feel better. Yes. <laughs> angry. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I was like, all right, I'm actually going to do something with this power or this anger here because you know that's often what can drive change and I think I love what you're saying about the healthy expression of it because I come back to this all the time and I really love to teach parents about this is that we were brought up in such a way that only the emotions that felt good are acceptable you know and so often when we are shut down as children for expressing anger or tears or frustration or sadness and 
and we're told, you know, you know, get over it or don't feel that or I'm going to send you to your room if you express those feelings because it makes me uncomfortable or, you know, we need to be happy or that kind of stuff. We learn pretty quickly that those other feelings aren't safe to express. And I'm so passionate about helping parents understand from this web parenting perspective is that we have the biggest spectrums of feelings and emotions and none of them are either good or bad. They are just feelings. And when we have a safe place to express them, they move so we don't have to stay stuck in them. And, you know, I feel really deeply passionate to say to parents, when we sit in a space that says to our children, I can hold your anger, I can hear you, the message it sends to them is I accept and love all of you, not just the parts that are good or that I deem as good, right? All of you is welcome here. And that that is such a deep uh, piece for me, particularly, I think, because that's what I've had to learn for myself. But as I've witnessed and watched from raising my own kids to say, but whenever, whatever they're coming to me with, I'm like, right, I've got you. This is just another part of you. And I see and accept that and I welcome that. So how can I, as a parent, learn to really hold that space for you so you can process what you need to, to come back into balance as we talk about. So, you know, for, I, I love, you know, the movie Inside Out, you know, we talk about the animation of all those feelings. I just, it really resonates with me that we have many, many of those characters within us that are all those expressions of those feelings that, that have a voice and they have a purpose on some level and our job as parents is to be able to hold that to help our children process them in healthy ways so yeah i probably just repeated everything no no we just it's just it's insane. It's all like, different ways i love it yes the it. passion the passion of that we're both so mm. passionate about this aren't we and, mm. and i really love what you said about you know that's that it's so important and this isn't so much aware parenting it's more what i talk about in psycho-spiritual parenting but i see this as a fundamentally important thing to be to be working with now at this time in our um on our planet where there where it has been this power over paradigm where there has been so much oppression and um coercion and force and should and shaming and all of that stuff and and i think it's really about um disempowering people and when we really reclaim uh the beauty and the exquisiteness of our outrage and our frustration that which are those places really where we're either coming up against something in the environment or somewhere else where we we're not getting to have that that um that expression of our action put into form or where you know we're being stopped or we're having we're being treated in ways that aren't meeting our need for respect when we get to express that energy it helps us stay connected with our true sacred power so that we can act in the world and we can stand up and say you know, if we see someone being treated in, in a way that it doesn't, you know, it's not respectful that we can go up and actually say, no, I'm not willing for this to happen anymore. And I really think we need this at this time on our planet. We need more and more humans and the next generation coming up and us as parents to be really finding that to say, I am not willing for this anymore. And that's to me, what I love about that, the not willingness, it's not a, a kind of a blamey, you know, they're so terrible. It's a simple, clear, what I call a neo-no, or we might call a loving limit in parenting. It's like, I am not willing for this. I have a really big no. And really, I know for myself, I've only claimed that through really welcoming the beauty of this energy and, and the power of it and, and the sacredness of it. Mm. And as you're saying that, it's it's bringing that other piece in for me that's really powerful of if we're thinking what we want to do in raising our children, we want them to be deeply connected to who they are. 
So when there is anger or there's frustration or there's jealousy or there's whatever feeling comes up and we aren't able to meet our child within that or we try or, you know, we shut it down or we tell them, no, 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 but you don't need to be angry because of blah, blah, blah. We basically, each time we do that, we're creating this paradigm within them that says, actually, I'm feeling like this. And then you're telling me that I shouldn't be, or that's different. Mm-hmm. And then we learn to not trust what is truth for us. And I think exactly what you're saying, Marion, is, we spend a lot of time then as adults relearning to find that sense of inner trust, that, that strong no, that what we are willing to have and what we're not willing to have to really trust our intuition, to really trust that inner sense of knowing because, because we were met through all those feelings and emotions when we are younger, that that is how I feel. That is true with me. I'm creating a imprint within me that says, yes, this is what this feels like. And I can be in it. I can release it. I can move on and acknowledge that that was very real for me because so often I know you see this too, the disconnect between what children feel all the time because they're such deeply feeling beings, what they know they're feeling is true. And then they're being told something different by an adult becomes incredibly confusing as to hang on, can I trust what my gut says? And that I just, I see that, that, you know, again, especially around the anger or these other emotions that we deem as negative, which, you know, we don't believe that, but like society does, you know, when they shut down a lot of the time, again, there's some of the repercussions that happen that we grow up, you know, our children grow up to not being able to trust their in instincts, their gut, those feelings and not move them in a healthy way as well. You know, I just, I used to love, I mean, we're going to get into talking a bit more about little toddlers and kids and stuff and how we manage it. But I love that in listening to particularly my youngest daughter's feelings from a baby and really holding space for her, she was so able to identify what she was feeling. Like as a four or five year old, she'd walk into the room and she'd go, I am so angry. You've got to help me with my mad. And I'll go, okay, let's go. What are you going to do? Like it wasn't that she had to act out in mm, a way yes. to release the anger. She would just go, I am feeling like this. This yes. is what I need. Yes. Right? And it was yeah. so extraordinary to witness yeah. because it was so easy to then go into, okay, show me, what do you need? Do we need to rumble or wrestle? Do you need to get the boxing gloves and punch these things? Do we need to have a pillow fight? Do you, you know, like whatever it was, you know, it was so, she was so willing to bring it and identify it and move it in a way that she then knew she was going to feel better when she moved it. It was, it was amazing and to witness because Mm. there didn't need to be any behavior, which often is what children do. They will bring a behavior to us to say, actually what's sitting behind, my behavior is this frustration this anger this hurt this sadness and could you help me please move it but i think from having that as a really young age they they develop the ability to actually say this is what i'm feeling this is what's going on for me and just bring it right to you and lay it in your lap and go can you help me (laughs) and you go okay (laughs) which made it so much more fun to deal with and having to decode the behavior or work to get to where you know my other kids used to maybe work really hard (laughs) to help move and shift that anger whereas I just love that she'd just walk into the room and go here's where I am today and could you help me process it please yeah I love that and again what I love about aware parenting is is to me that that subtle difference it has to some other approaches where it's if a child is having a is really in a in a is, is raging and having a tantrum 
think some other approaches can say, you know, that child is feeling um, out of control. You know, mm. that's the sense. And to me, it's, it's not that at all. It's like they are feeling that power in their bodies. And if, if we can stand there and well, sit there or be there with them in a way, and I love how you did that even when you're sharing the story where you're mirroring that kind of energy, like, oh, I really hear you. You know, like we're mirroring that in an energetic way that we're letting them know, yeah, we can hold you. We, we, we actually love this energy in you. It's not, it's not only we're just going to go, oh, we're kind of putting up with it because, you know, poor you, you're only three and you just can't do anything else. It's like, no, this is really beautiful, wonderful life energy that you are needing to express. And, and we're not only accepting, we're actually loving it and actually loving that, that, that feeling of the, of the energy that moves through that is about, actually is about power because when it's repressed we we stay with the powerlessness the more we can express it in healthy ways and I know I found that for myself now whereas before I needed to I would I'd get angry at someone I'd blame someone or you know it would be very and it, it wasn't satisfying you know that kind of blamey anger doesn't feel satisfying because we're not actually releasing the energy of it whereas for me now I, I know that if I've got some of that outrage or frustration i can just go Rah! and for me it's more like a Rah! like a, a lion and energy and i know then that's going to move through my body and it's going to it's going to be released and i love it and i welcome it and i know that the more i'm doing that when it shows up the less i'm going to then get into those kind of blamey energies or kind of you know trying to pin it on someone else because it's it's our energy and that's the difference with anger which is you know you it's your fault or you're terrible you're bad when we have a, I feel outraged and I have a no to this, this is, you know, I can feel that in my body. If I say, you know, that X, Y, and Z politician, they're so bad and they're wrong and it's their fault and da, da, da. It's not satisfying because we're not actually feeling the power of our energy in our bodies and our power to take action, to say no, to do, you know, whatever we feel called to do in the world. Mm, that's such, so good uh, and I also love to you know because I have seen this um, if we were talking about toddlers or the same goes for teenagers or even another adult yeah. and, and I see this a lot with um, I guess in kind of attachment or gentle parenting when a child's angry and the parent you know the child's raging about something and the parent's like I can see that you really <laughs> yes you know you can let it out and I'm like I remember a few times doing oh, that you- to my kids and they're looking at me like you <laughs> This, I'm going to turn this up even higher. Yeah. You're clearly not seeing how enraged I am. Yes. And so the, the feelings would get louder and louder yeah. until I would actually meet them with that energy. Exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Oh my God, you are so mad. Yes. Now, again, like if you know, as if we're having a conversation, Marion, you're reading me going, I am so done. Now. I am mad. You know, and you'd be like, yes, let it <laughs> Yeah, angry you are. You'd be like, no, I don't think you're getting this. And I, I think that. Um, you know, there is, I guess, I've seen it many times too, there's this, you know, belief or this this idea around parenting that we should, you know, disarm that feeling, as you say, and calm them down really quickly. But again, if we put ourselves in our kids' shoes or we just as an adult are feeling that rage, we want to come to completion with it, exactly what you're saying. We want to feel it, express it, have somebody who's sitting opposite going, God, this is so big for you. Oh my, I see it. What else? And and know that that is welcome. Then yes, we get our needs met by being able to express it, to move it, to shift it into where it needs to go. And I think that's what our children are calling from us as well. And I think sometimes I see that with little people, exactly as you brought up, that, you know, it's very easy to move into the, 
it's almost like I don't know. It feel like it just it doesn't feel good for me when we're yes, it's fine, sweetie. You know, but really, they're asking us to go. Can you see me? Can yeah. you see what's happening here? And you know, are you really going to get it? And I have seen that too. And if, you, if they don't feel like you're really listening, they're, they're going to go. Let me make it even bigger for you to see. <laughs> like here, it really is. Yes. Yeah. So, um, do you want to? Yeah. Sorry, go, Mary. Well, that's what I was going to say, and and I think f- for me, that's what my kids have taught me and I I really remember the kind of defining moment that always stands out and I probably shared it elsewhere but I really remember one time Sunny was getting really frustrated and I noticed myself feeling this discomfort and this wanting this kind of um kind of tension in me and kind of retreating and 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 actually starting to feel uh, agitated and wanting to you know just wanting him to stop and kind of responding that way and I went "Uh uh-huh I can really see there's a place in myself where I don't yet feel really not only comfortable, but like really sitting in that and like, you know, like savoring in that, the feeling of frustration. And I really clearly went away and did some inner work around really having that, those feelings really welcome. Sometimes we need to have an external other person who's really comfortable with that energy because that's how it that's how it naturally happens that the, the adults can hold that can be present in their bodies with the energy. So we receive that as a child or we can get that with another adult. If we're, if we have a listening partner an empathy buddy or a counselor or a therapist, but sometimes if we've done enough work, we can, you know, do the next piece for ourselves and, and feel into that. And I remember after that, I was like, and then he got frustrated again. And I was exactly like you're saying, I was like, yeah, I really hear you're so frustrated. And it's that, point isn't it where we can we understand what it feels like in our bodies we can be present with it in our bodies but we're not sitting in the midst of it we're kind of sitting there going yeah I know how you feel I totally totally understand and I'm here with you and you're you're safe and there's and you're loved and I welcome this and there's nothing wrong with you this is actually a wonderful thing that you're doing like we're holding all of those but it really needs to come from that embodied felt sense in ourselves to have that if we don't have that and and that's often I think where we go to that bit more like yeah okay I know I really hear you feeling angry you're really angry it's like because we don't we're not yet feeling that deep acceptance and capacity to stay in our bodies in that in ourselves yeah a hundred percent and and I really relate to that because I did that for a long time (laughs) until I really learned there was a lot of stuff of anger or just those feelings in me that I'd never expressed. And I felt like my children were gifting me the opportunity through getting angry at them or feeling just completely frustrated to explore that further, to actually go, okay, where do I sit in, in my own being of, you know, have I ever expressed that before? Is it safe for me to express that? All that kind of stuff. So it, again, our beautiful children gift us the opportunity to do the work so that it feels easy to do it. So I really want to say to any parents listening, this is again, another piece that takes practice and it, it takes a lot of compassion for ourselves to go, most of us did not have good role modeling around how to sit with frustration, anger, rage, all that kind of stuff. For most people, it was a very scary emotion. And 
you know, just the majority of people that I've spoken with, you know, growing up in their families, um, when one of their parents got angry, you just stop what you're doing. You should learn to shut down really quickly because the parent was going to blow and it became dangerous. So, of course, we, we have an association with anger that it's, it's not okay. It's not safe. And then when our children get angry, it is so easy to be tapped into our own stories and wounds within that. So, again, we come back to a lot of compassion for for ourselves around that this is something that takes practice we have to feel into exactly as you say Mary we've got to do the work to find a healthy way or just a new imprint to sit in that much much like crying and tears you know so often it's you know I'm sure Mary you see the same thing with my clients they've never ever had an experience of sitting there crying so freely with someone holding that space for them lovingly saying I see you and I hear you and I accept you they've never ever had that before and that's the same with anger you know what we could just have like a a whole week workshop where people could just come and cry and get angry and we could just sit there yeah yeah (laughs) because people do say that 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 imprint shifts stuff right because when you have an experience of being seen and heard with those feelings and emotions, it makes a massive difference because it, then we go, okay, this could be safe to feel and I can go further and deeper into it to do it. So, you know, again, offering, I mean, we're talking about anger in this podcast around when our people, our little kids are angry or our teenagers are angry or we're angry, but it's all interconnected in how we respond to it, what they're bringing up for us, um, our own stories within it, you know, where that sits. And so, and it's a very, um, it's a real sweet spot for a lot of people. You know, it can feel very, very delicate and it can feel very unsafe as well for a, for a lot of people and it can feel really unsafe. And so, of course, it makes sense. We want to stop it. We want to shut it down as quickly as we can. And, you know, that's the same as tears. We often talk about that, that tears can feel very unsafe. You know, if we were shut down a lot as a child and wasn't safe to express our tears, of course, when our children have big tears and feelings, you know, those feelings surface again. This doesn't feel okay. It's not all right. I need to stop it. And that's the same with anger as well so again as we always say lots of gentleness and compassion for your journey and that we're all learning still we're all learning yeah imagine our kids as we're raising them this way what as we talk about what will we like when they're parents they'll be like yeah bring on the rage come yeah. on <laughs> so I, I really loved what you said Lan. i want to also say as we're talking about compassion, I really invite you actually to connect in with how you're feeling right now. Cause I noticed it myself, I could start feeling some sensations in my solar plexus. So I also invite you to connect in with however you're feeling right now and remind you at any point, if you want to pause or, you know, just connect in with your own body. Cause uh, you know, really depending on our history, if particularly if you have had experiences of being the, in a, in a family or um, a wider environment where there was uh, the expression of anger or rage from adults that was really not safe, then it can be really natural and normal for, for fear to bubble up for us. Because again, that's part of a beautiful um, psyche trying to heal and uh, express those feelings. But we need to do that in ways that are really safe and um, you know not, not to get flooded and overwhelmed. So really want to hold that in mind I did also just want to say before we went to practical things I really again like to go back to um, Aletha's beautiful model about looking at the the three reasons for um, behavior which I've got I talk in my own terms as what we're 
needing what we're feeling and what we're thinking because these these feelings of um, powerlessness frustration anger outrage can come from really different places and what i found in my journey is it's been really helpful to to and this isn't necessary because often it's just a matter of being heard but for me personally i've really enjoyed getting the clarity about the different the three different things so i just want to name those first so the first thing can be needs. So often uh, as adults, and I really remember this when my children were younger, I'm sure you do too, Lael, is, is our needs for autonomy and choice are often are not getting met in the here and now as parents, particularly living in nuclear families with young children. So if we want to get out of the house to go to the shops to buy some food and we need to help them to cooperate, to, to get out of the house, to get in the car seat, often to get out of the car again, to go into the shop, all the things that are so much. And again, we've talked elsewhere about that, the kind of cultural pressure of that how normal and natural it is in this culture as parents particularly of young children for our own needs for autonomy and choice to not be met and for the normal and natural response for that to be frustration and powerlessness and again for children this is the same if they're um, not getting their needs for autonomy and choice met which is absolutely going to happen again in this culture so normal and natural for that to happen it's really natural to feel frustrated or powerless or for that to build up over time into into big feelings of frustration and outrage so that's the needs level then there is the where should we go next the feelings level which i i talk more about in terms of our history so as adults what can often happen particularly if our child is we're perhaps asking them to do something and they're saying no or we're asking them to stop and they are not stopping is our own childhood memories of um perhaps asking for help and not being responded to or perhaps an adult doing something to us with that was we really didn't want them to do and we were asking them to stop and they didn't stop that those feelings of powerlessness and, and frustration and rage can show up because in that moment, our child, we are seeing through the lens of our history because we're trying to heal and our child becomes a brother who, a big brother that used to tickle us or the teacher who sent us to time out and we become that three-year-old or five-year-old and we feel the feelings as if we were in that experience back then and that's you know we're trying to do that to heal but if we don't recognize and understand that and we think that's our child in inverted commas making us feel that you know that often doesn't go so well and again it's the same for our children so they will have feelings from the past bubbling up in situations perhaps where we're asking them to cooperate and they'll have past memories of times where they felt frustrated or powerless and that could include um surgery or going to the dentist or uh, medical procedures after birth or not getting to choose around of course having a new sibling all the ways that children don't get choice even if we're aiming to meet those needs those feelings will bubble up so those are might call feelings feelings so there's needs feelings 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 and then thoughts feelings so those are more about what we're telling ourselves so as adults this type of and this is what i would call anger is something that only develops when we start to internalize these cultural beliefs when they're things like they should have or they shouldn't have done that we can feel that that anger when we're telling ourselves about our children they shouldn't have done that or they you know they never respect me so some they're being naughty they're being bad they are doing it deliberately they are laughing at me you know all those kinds of 
cultural um, internalized language that actually when we're telling ourselves those things that will lead to us feeling angry and often again that doesn't go well so when we're talking about those thoughts feelings as I call them those are feelings that a baby doesn't feel so I, I found this really interesting when I was observing my babies when they're babies is that I, I often heard people saying no my my baby's angry and, I, and for me I was like I really clearly saw they felt frustrated or powerless but it's only when they start to internalize those kinds of thoughts around someone should do something or judgments or those kinds of things that it's that different quality of anger and as I say we really don't need to know these and particularly when we're listening to a child because when we listen to a child it's all oh, the birds are here hello birds we just need to listen to their feelings and be there and, and help them uh, express those and they'll come out the other side but I found for myself and when working with other parents that it actually can be really helpful to go okay well what what is the root cause here is this is this needs present time needs is this past feelings of powerlessness and outrage showing up or is this what we're telling ourselves and it may be all three or you know combinations of but when we really know the root cause we can we can make the changes at that root cause in ways that lead to really lasting change so for example, you know, on the needs level, we can start to honor our, our needs for autonomy and choice more. And there are really powerful ways that we can do that as parents, like actually listening to our needs. And we talked about this in the I'm Exhausted podcast. And we can listen to the younger parts of us. And we can go away and do inner work around that. So those parts are less likely to show up when our child says no. And we can also change the way we're, we are conceptualizing and thinking about our children's behavior and what we're telling ourselves so that we are more likely to be able to stay in a calm and compassionate space. So you know, really understanding the different roots of these feelings can be a really helpful thing. Mm, oh my God. Just yay <laughs> to all of that. I love that. Um, really what you brought in there too, around the parallels of exactly where we are, like exactly that, that our children, you know, I'm just even thinking practically, you know, if your child's been at daycare or kindergarten all day, right. And of course, or school, there's going to be frustrations from the day of being told what to do and all the stuff we've talked about these in our other podcasts. So of course, when they come home, sometimes there's just going to be that little catalyst that's going to bring up the anger. Right. And because, you know, of how they felt throughout the day, exactly the same with us, like the parallels, are just so there all the time and so I mean I, I'm really what I'm hearing when you talk about this is yes as the adult I think when our anger surfaces it's always an invitation to explore where is this coming from exactly those three things you talked about and where do I need to meet my own needs to be able to process this feel it work with someone all those kind of things and then if we're looking at how we support our children in their frustrations anger it is again so much of what we've talked about in our other podcasts is to create that safe space to say to them firstly energetically ah oh, I see you you've had a hard day or there's stuff going on for you or yeah, you've got feelings about your little baby brother or yes, you know, whatever it is. And your job in that moment as a parent is to be that calm anchored space if possible to allow that rage frustration to move, to come up, to move, to be processed, to let go of. So often if we're talking, you know, anger usually can turn up as, you know, yelling, screaming, can sometimes turn up with throwing stuff or hitting or things where their body's like, yeah, this is just too much. 
And ideally, you know, I found in my experience, if I can hold that space and really, as we talked about before, I can see how mad you are, keep going, let it out and keeping myself safe, keeping them safe, keeping anybody else who's safe in that environment. So that sometimes means, you know, taking a child into another room to make sure that nobody's going to get hurt. Or sometimes that's just feels safer to take your child into another room if there's other people around. And then, you know, I have found in my experiences, I'm sure you have as well, Marion, that when the anger is able to be expressed and heard, it will then often move into tears. It will move into, you know, a different quality where there's, there becomes a bit more softness. They want to connect with you in some way. Um, they will come closer. They might call, crawl up on your lap. Often we hear those big kind of sobs and, and feelings, you know, which is often where a lot of the healing may take place from what from whatever's happened. I mean, it's all healing, but then we often see there's a relaxed state in the child's body. Their eyes are usually brighter and, you know, then they'll say something to you like, what's for dinner? <laughs> they'll just say something completely random and you're like, whoa, that was a big storm. <laughs> and then they've moved on. And I love that kids show us this so beautifully. Mm-hmm. Like this is my favourite part of this. They feel <laughs> it so intensely and it's done, right? Whereas we as adults, we feel it and we have to ring a friend and talk about it more and then we're, we're going to write about it again. And we, we tend to hold on to it still, I think, because yeah. we're still learning around that. Whereas our children often, if they're given the space to do it, are so pure in their feelings and expression that they feel it and then it's gone. And I think, God, there's such brilliant teachers yes. in showing us how that, that looks. And, you know, I would say it's, you know, that could be a three or four-year-old. It's the same for a 13 or 14-year-old. It's the same for a 16-year-old. Again, uh, uh, what can feel confronting, I know, because I work with a lot of parents of teenagers, is, you know, when a teenager's raging, that can often feel bigger than what it was with a toddler you know when you've got a toddler you can still have the capacity often to pick them up or move them all that kind of stuff whereas a 16 year old who's in their rage can feel big can really feel big and that's where we really advocate I guess aware parenting from from when our kids are younger that that sense of trust is built over all those years of listening to their feelings that as the parent it feels easier to hold the rage even when they're bigger and also the teenager knows it's safe to bring that rage to you and they often move through it quickly or they don't necessarily it doesn't have to be you know big and dramatic and all those kind of things well that's what I found in my own family at least um, because there is that foundation there but even if you haven't been doing it for you know there isn't that foundation even still being able to meet our teenagers with a place of calm anchorness to say I see how mad you are yeah yeah what else? I mean, that's my favorite saying often with teenagers. What else? Tell me what else. What else is pissing you off? What else is making you mad? Keep going. Right. And, you know, they'll bring it because they like to <laughs> tell you. But often, again, if they feel heard, if they know that you can stand there in that fire with them, you're not going to jump in with them, but you're going to stand there and hold for them. Then they will process it till they move into, again, some more softness and, and tears, hopefully. And, and, you know, then it comes to a resolution. So even though I know it can look harder for um, teenagers and to sit with that in teenagers, it still is the same principles I find as, you know, with a little person or with another adult. 
Mm, so beautiful, Al. I love how you describe that. I love as well when you say, you know, what else? And like, because it's like, to me, it's like that absolute embracing and welcoming and they're really getting that clear message. It's not like you're just putting up with it and accepting it. It's like, no, you're saying, I really am here and I'm welcoming all of yes. your feelings. I love that. And so you know, my much. other favorite thing, you know, I love teenagers. After the what else and what it is, yeah. then I often say, what do you need to hear? What do you want me to say? Or what, not, not, to say is in, you know, I'm telling them what they want, but if they're frustrated around something I've done or my partner's done and um, they don't feel like they've got their needs met, I will say to them, what do you want us to say? Or how do you want that to sound for you? Mm. That that's better. You know, my daughter just the other day gave me an example of, you know, she's feeling frustrated. She goes, I hate it when you guys come in and go, what's happened? It's not that something's happened. I'm just feeling this way in this moment. And I go, okay, well, what do you want to hear? And she said the words, I want to hear from you. Um, what do you need? I was like, ah, oh, that's brilliant. Thank you. What do you need in this moment? And she was like, well, sometimes I just need food. <laughs> okay. What else? It's like, well, sometimes I need to be on my own. Sometimes I need to go for a walk. And sometimes I want you to just stay with me and just be quiet. And I go, okay. And I, I love that. I love that, you know, that came up because she was angry and enraged about something and really sat in that with her. And then she had, then in being able to ask her, what do you want this? What do you want from us in this was really powerful, you know? So, you know, that's just a, Mm, I something again mm. I love it. and I also think that as well in terms of inner work and with our inner children that it's the same thing and I've experienced that with my inner children saying no I don't want to hear from my inner loving father for example no I don't want to hear that I want to hear I'm really sorry and I'm never going to do that again it's like we really know in those moments and our children really know in those moments the exact things that they want to hear and, and I, I love that mm, you know, I also yes. want to say I loved what you said about the our children and kind of really um that natural flowing of feelings because I really go back to again babies you know my passion is babies and how when they're when they're really little how we see them move through states all the time they're moving from that oh oh my goodness what's that thing there in front of my face it's you know the hand and then there might be like a bit surprised at a loud noise and then they might move into starting to feel tired and then they might move into needing to express some feelings and to me that's the natural state of feelings they are constantly moving and flowing and it's the cultural conditioning and this this culture that we live in that is so uncomfortable with the majority of feelings you know it's quite a narrow range isn't it that this culture is really comfortable with even even like exuberant joy is often kind of a little bit frowned upon isn't it like be happy but not really ecstatically happy and you know again i think that that is a natural state and that children are inviting us back to to reclaim that because what most of us have learned is i need to repress here i need to judge myself here i need to dissociate here when i'm feeling this and because they are so naturally connected with that, that fluid movement from one state to the next because feelings flow through them and they throw, flow through feelings when they have an adult with them who can be present in their bodies with those feelings that we get invited to increasingly live that in ourselves, that fluid movement of, oh, you know, I feel ecstatic moment I know I had a really big experience yesterday as you know Lel and I one minute I was feeling so excited and then the next minute I was really disappointed it was a really big thing and I and I went over actually to my ex-husband who's and I said can I just have a hug and I just like cried intensely for I don't know three or four minutes so it's you know the the the, the joyfulness of just being able to go oh, I just need to really cry just right now or I feel really happy right now and and the wonderfulness of reclaiming that for ourselves because that's our life energy. That's how we feel alive. And 
And that's how we then can model that, mirror that, hold that, be the container for that for our children to be able to live more that that broad range of their feelings and, and being alive as a human being. Yes, beautiful. I know, this is the goal, right? <laughs> I, I would also just love to say coming back to the parent or the yes. adult, yes. when we start to feel really angry, particularly in regards to our kids, or if we're in that moment where we start yelling, we're getting frustrated, we're wanting to power over our kids. So if we're moving into the, if you don't do this, I'm going to do that. If we're wanting to take stuff away, if we've, if we've really kind of um, lost our centre on some level, I think it's always a beautiful invitation to just take a moment, if you can, to say, okay, I've, I've, I've moved, I've lost it, like I'm out of balance here, um, I, I'm going to need something for me. So I often will say to parents, sometimes in that moment when we're moving into yelling, powering over, if you can just for a split second take a breath and even go and just stamp your feet on the floor to just ground yourself again to go and wash your hands just to take a moment to go okay I need to just have a bit of a pat interrupt here to just even bring some awareness and mindfulness to okay I'm feeling really angry and flooded and this actually is about me so I love how you, I mean how you explained earlier about where those feelings often stem from but there is power in those moments as a parent to just identify okay I'm not in my best centered self here. And this is something for me to work with. And again, you know, sometimes that doesn't stop us yelling and sometimes it doesn't stop us behaving the ways that we don't really want to as parents. But the more we can recognize that when we start to move into that power over and anger, that it is some deeper stuff and deeper work that we need to do, uh, then, then that's where we start to create the change. And in those moments, sometimes, you know, we don't have the moment, you know, when our child's raging, we go, could you just wait 15 minutes? I need to process something. <laughs> just need to go with my inner child. Listen to me, the just for hold on to that for a second. <laughs> yes. um, of course, we can't do that. So sometimes we have to model our way through whatever our child needs in those moments. But then, when that has settled, to just even go and write down for ten minutes. God, I felt so mad. This is what was coming out for me. To call a friend, a listening partner, as we say, to take some notes for your therapist. Like whatever it is that you can do to just identify. Yep, there's something in that for me. I need to do some work on it. That is what then works towards. Um, remove working with this these big feelings so we no longer need to bring it to our children mm -hmm. and I know you would say the same Marina it's 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 a process and it's taken me many years of that work to then not yell at my kids and it's been years and years and years since I yelled at my kids but and but when they were younger there were so many opportunities where they were going here's an edge mum here's another <laughs> edge for you and um, I had to do a lot of work around that then so I think it's Again, just being deeply compassionate with yourself is that this is something that we all often have to work through. I am at that point is at this first step towards moving more towards doing your work, you know, so that we can sit in that space lovingly with our kids when they're feeling angry and go, yes, bring it. I've got you. I've got three phrases that I have found really helpful. Number one that I used to use, I didn't ever yell. My thing was I'd go into, like, I want to throw things. So I'd throw cutlery in the sink or I've, I've slammed a few doors in my time back in the day. Um, uh, so one of the things I found really helpful was actually to say out loud, I'm, I've got some really big feelings right now. They are nothing to do with you. You are not causing them. And, and because I was telling myself that because what I often find is when we're in those big feelings of powerlessness or outrage is, is it, it, it 
as part of the healing process, it needs to seem to be that it's about them and they are causing it. And it's all about this situation. That's part of how our bodies and our psyches are trying to heal. So I would, I would say things out loud to try and communicate to them, not only that it wasn't their fault, but also to let myself know because every part of me was going, it absolutely is their fault. (laughs) So that was one thing I found really helpful. The other thing was, and again, you've talked about loving limits, but I found loving limits for myself. So when I went into, I remember the the defining moment, I can remember it right this as clear as day many years ago, where I went to yet again, throw a whole load of cutlery in the sink because I was just gone into that for me which is like the aggression or the acting out and I said to myself I am not willing to do that so like we would say for a child I'm not willing for you to hit and I'm right here and listening I'm not willing for you to throw the books and I'm right here and listening and to stop to actually stop them doing the action so they can move into the the healthy expression and I did it for myself and luckily my children were already of an age where um, they felt comfortable with my big feelings. And I said, I'm just going to have a really big cry here. And I went into just like, Aah! and I, and I, so instead of the acting out, I went into the big feelings and that was like a defining moment. Obviously if you have a baby or a, a one or two year old, that's you're probably not going to do that, but that was great. And another one that I've learned from a client, which I found really helpful is if a child is hitting and we're going into a, to outrage, powerlessness, wanting to use power over is the phrase, I'm here to keep everyone safe. Because again, anything that's communicating to our younger parts, to the parts of us that don't feel safe, the parts of us that are coming up that have memories of not being safe, we're communicating that we are, you know, we're, we're reminding ourselves to be in the adult space, the parent space, to look after our inner children and to look after our outer children. So those are three things I found really helpful. I love them. They are really, really good tips. And as you're talking, I'm just thinking about imagine what it could look like for our world if we all learn to express our frustrations and our rage in a healthy way where we owned our behavior what it was about and not projected onto others what a different world we would be living in there'd be no wars be no wars there'd be no aggression would there because we would we would own that we would own it and we would transmute it into something else i think this is so powerful and it's a powerful piece to work with as a parent and you know we always talk about looking at our story and doing our work but this you know this is a very big piece of it it comes up for every parent everyone i've ever worked with it's there because it's just part of who we are and um it's a it's a big one to lean into if you know if you can but gently gently again as you said because (laughs) lots of support and love yeah (laughs) lots of support because it can definitely feel um feel scary for some so we really welcome you to go at your own gentle pace because fast is the slowest part of you um wow we could keep talking about this topic for a long time but we we should finish up what would you like to offer our listeners around this topic um how are you feeling right now because <laughs> i can feel i can feel some tears sitting close to the surface for me it's a powerful topic how are you feeling right now do you need to connect in with yourself do a bit of journaling call a friend have a cry what what do you need for yourself right now to 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 be with what you heard and whatever showed up for you around this mm, okay i love that my invitation would be two parts one if it feels safe enough to just recall what the imprint of anger was um well we're using anger as a blanket term here but what was your imprint in your family 
So what did you watch and take on board of how that looks? And what would you like it to be? And do you know anybody who could be that imprint, you know, the way they express their anger and feelings or how they hold it, feel it, transmute it? Um, If you know anybody who does it in a way that feels healthy, maybe you can borrow a bit of them for a bit. (laughs) You know, just I always talk to my clients about borrowing the morphic field of someone who does it in the way that you want. So, you know, whatever our imprint was, what would it look like for that to be healthy? And if that could imprint you in a new way, how could could that help you? <laughs> I hope that made sense. That makes total, total sense, sense in my head. Yeah, it made total Did sense it? to me. Yeah. Okay. Well, it made it. sense in my head. Yeah. Um, to see how that feels. I'll write that down far Yay. more eloquently in our show notes. Okay. Yeah. Yum. Mm. So yeah. we'll feel, yes. Oh, something else. I just remembered I have some offerings on this. It came to oh, me good. as I was, uh, I have um, a power and powerlessness in parenting masterclass and I have a, a whole course on it as well, where I talk a lot about those three different parts of the three, the, you know, the three things and how, what we can do in the moment to support those three parts of us, the, the thoughts, feelings, needs, feelings. Amazing. Awesome. We'll put those in the show notes too. And um, I'm just about to release an online course, um, which is like a immersion. And one of the big topics is this. So um, we'll put those in the show notes too, when that, that gets going as well. So yes, you can check out our offerings if you want to do some further work on it. For sure. Yay. So thank you everybody again for being here. And we love if you share our podcast or, you know, leave us a a rating or a, a, you know, a review. We love that as well. And, you know, we thank you again for, for helping us spread this word of, you know, parenting with awareness and consciousness and love. Hey, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. So much love to you. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on the aware parenting journey. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the aware parenting podcast. You can find more about Lael at www.laelstone.com.au or find Marion at www.marionrose.net. We wish you much compassion and grace on your parenting journey.